Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately gonna connect with. You're gonna totally, totally resonate. It's gonna totally be your vibe. And then there's gonna be other ones that you're gonna be like, eh, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. going to be talking about something that you said which is i just love the flow of how how breakfast with champions we all just seem to flow so easily one into the other so i wrote this down tm because i was like oh my gosh this is exactly what i'm kind of talking about so you said eliminate the part-time interest right and put your attention basically towards what matters right and paraphrasing a little bit right but like eliminate that part-time attention and i love that and guys that's what we're going to keep the conversation going about that and how Focusing on one thing can really move the needle forward, but it's kind of like, but what thing, right? Because then it's like, well, that sounds great, but like, what what thing can we focus on to make this all happen? So I'm going to talk about how for me, right, eliminating the part-time interest, putting it towards what matters, focusing on one thing, what that was really about was moving away from focusing on external things and shifting to an internal focus, meaning how I was showing up in the world and who I was being and not what I was achieving. And this is my story about what this really means, like how I did just that, how I put my attention there, what it meant for me in terms of tangible outcomes, what it can mean for you. And because this is my first time here on a Monday in this time spot, I thought I would tell a little bit of my story and who I am so that you can hear about it. So I'm Rita Goodrow. I'm a business strategist, and I really help entrepreneurs focus on the most important thing in their business so that they're able to move the needle forward, get more clients and make more money and do it efficiently while reclaiming their time and actually living a life that they love. But I wasn't always a business strategist, right? Like I didn't just come out of the womb and just decide to to be a business strategist. Really all of my life, I had been told that I was gonna be an attorney, like from basically birth. People were like, oh, look at that. Rita's gonna be a lawyer. She's so good at talking. She's so good at arguing. She's She's so defensive. Like she's just gonna be a really great attorney. But I, as a child, I wanted to be a solid gold 
dancer. That's what I wanted to be. So I don't know if you know the TV show Solid Gold. If you're on the stage and you do, flash your mic because, you know, it's like, tell me that you're older without telling me that you're older. <laughs> it's like, I wanted to be a Solid Gold dancer. If you don't know what Solid Gold is, take a few minutes, Google it, go down the Solid Gold rabbit hole, Solid Gold rabbit hole. You'll be really, really excited that you did. It's worth every minute of lost productivity is like Googling that. But I was going to be a Solid Gold dancer. And then the show was canceled. And so I kind of just like blindly followed everybody's recommendation to become a lawyer. Now, there are worse paths that one can blindly follow than becoming an attorney. But I did. I, I blindly followed that path. I went to George Washington University where I did the whole major in political science thing. I went to law school at Chicago Kent College of Law where I specialized in intellectual property law. So I came out you know, trademark, copyright, business attorney. Um, but I ended up moving back to the Virginia area where I grew up. And I got my first job actually for the Department of Justice. And over the course of my career, I moved from DOJ to general practice. So I became a general practitioner because I really wanted to be in a law firm setting. And then I ended up going into commercial real estate. And I ultimately landed on being a business and real estate attorney for a Fortune 500 company here in the Washington DC area, which I did for many, many years. And I was really comfortable in that job. How many of you have been comfortable in a job before? Like I was comfortable, right? I was not joyous about this job. I was not ecstatic about being an attorney, but I didn't hate it enough to actually wanna do anything to change it, right? I wasn't like uncomfortable enough that I really needed to change my situation. So I was good at being a lawyer, but I really hated being a lawyer. So that's like professional Rita. We're gonna, we're gonna leave professional Rita there for a minute and we're gonna go over to personal Rita. So around that same time, okay, that I was like going through all of my different law journey, my career trajectory, I was in and out of some relationships, not, not many relationships. I was a serial monogamist, okay? So I, I was doing the whole like serial monogamy thing. Um, but I found myself, you know, in lots of breakups. And after one breakup in particular, I was feeling kind of bitter. I was feeling, actually, I remember this like, like it was yesterday. It was, I don't know, it was like two o'clock in the morning and meetup.com had just started. Meetup was like a really hot new thing at the time. And I was looking for all these meetup groups to go meet these single people. And they were all like, I live in the suburbs of Washington, DC and they were all in the city. So by the time I would get there, the event would be over. And they were all for like 20 year olds and I was not in my 20s. So bitterly one night at two in the morning, I started a meetup group and I called it singles in the suburbs in your thirties. It was like singles in the suburbs in your thirties. I eventually took off the in your thirties because I could tell from the people, like my first event, these guys and, and women that came in, I was like, yeah, they're way older than 30, but I wasn't going to card them or anything. So I, it became singles in the suburbs. And my first meetup, I remember 10 people showed up. And by the end of the month, I had like my, my second or third meetup and a hundred people showed up. And that group over time, grew into one of the largest singles groups in the Washington DC area. It was rated a couple of years in a row as like the number one group to meet singles in. And it grew, I mean, it still technically exists till this, to, to this day, although it's relatively inactive, but at its height, it had, you know, five, 6,000 members. We were doing 30 events a month. It was just, and it wasn't 
it, the reason it lasted was it was a community to connect singles to other singles. You could be dating somebody. The common denominator was that you weren't married, right? So people formed friendships. Like some of my best girlfriends were in this group. So that's what I was running at that same moment in time. And this, the group worked because right after I started it, I met a guy. Well, we'll call him Aces. I met a guy in the group. And we dated and we ran the group together for about five years. Okay. So we're running this group together until suddenly, um, but really if I'm thinking it's not, it wasn't suddenly, right? Because signs I missed writing on the wall, but it felt very sudden that night. He dumped me. He actually dumped me in a parking lot after we went out to dinner and drove away in our car. <laughs> like he left me in the parking lot. He like drove away. It was raining. It was a terrible night. Like I just, it was awful. But we had dated for five years. We were everything. And then suddenly I just like watched all of this drive away in our little Jeep Grand Cherokee. So I did what any brokenhearted single girl would do and I grabbed you know a bottle of wine or, or two I think it was one it was probably a big one grabbed a bottle of wine went to my best friend's house where I verbally vomited all over her living room about me and all of my relationships and in all of that I kind of stated and had this realization that I had been in five long-term relationships over the course of my dating life and the only thing the only thing that these relationships had in common were that they ended and me, right? They ended in me. And so I remember about halfway through the bottle of wine saying something along the lines of like, maybe, let's not get crazy, but may, her name, my best friend's name was Lindsay. Maybe Lindsay, let's not get crazy, but maybe I'm, I have something to do with why all of these relationships keep ending. But I kept drinking, I kept drinking the bottle of wine. And by the end of the bottle of wine, I had brainstormed this idea because I was about to turn 35. I was turning 35 in just a couple of weeks. And I bring, and this is actually 10 years. What's really funny is this week is the 10-year anniversary of this. I cannot believe that. It popped up in my memories today. Like today, to the day, is like the 10-year anniversary of this. Um, I brainstormed an idea to go on 35 dates in 35 days and blog all about it. So 35 consecutive days with 35 different people blogging all about it the same night as the date happened. So it was all very like boom, boom, boom. And that was 10 years ago today that I started it. So I, I brainstormed this idea and the point was not to find love. So the parameters around it were, I didn't wanna know anything about the guy. I didn't wanna know their age. I didn't wanna know the race. I didn't want to know what they did for a living. I didn't need to know. And I had them pick the activity. I didn't want to pick the activity. I had them decide what we were going to do on this date. And the point, again, it wasn't to find love. It was to do things that I would normally not do and meet people who I would normally not meet. So I had to be uncomfortable, right? It was this idea of comfort. So that I had to be really uncomfortable and see how I reacted when I was in these uncomfortable situations right and so I I did that I put out I remember that night I put out this email saying here are the 35 days in a row that I'm free and I sent the email out to the singles group I was writing I, I put it on Facebook I mean I sent it everywhere people shared it I woke up the next morning and I had like 52 or 53 emails in my email box from people saying hey I'm interested in this I would love to be one of your dates and so I just started scheduling the dates and I ended up doing it the blog is still online 
if you Google read at 35 dates, the blog is still out there. But as I was writing this blog, I mean, people were in, they were, they were interested, <laughs> they were engaged, they were active, but then people started asking me for dating advice and to date coach them. And I was like, well, that's weird because I'm an attorney, remember? I'm an attorney during this time. But then a friend of mine one day who was reading this blog looked at me and said, hey, Rita, you should be a dating coach. Like, that's what you should do. You should really be a dating coach. And I remember telling her, you should call my mom. Like, you should call my mom. And I'm from the South. Tell my mama. You should tell my mama that I'm going to quit the law and I'm going to become a dating coach. And you tell me how that conversation goes. <laughs> and if that conversation goes over really well, then cool. Awesome. Like, I'll do it. Right? Because I was like, my mom would freak out. Right? I don't know. It doesn't matter how old you are. I, you still care what your mama thinks about you. And I was like, my mom's going to go crazy with all the student loans that we took out for me if I say I'm going to become a dating coach. Right? But the universe, I really, I'm, I'm a woo person. And the universe always, always conspires to get what it wants. And I remember going into work one day and they said, hey, we're change we're having a downsizing, we're changing things up, we're gonna keep you, but your new title isn't attorney, it's legal compliance manager, and here are your new duties. And it was basically just checking boxes on a form. And I remember looking at my boss and I said, I quit, then, then I quit. And she was like, well, then it's effective today because we can't transfer you to the new company that's doing the takeover and buyout. So I ended up leaving my job and becoming a dating coach. And within the first year, like my business built very quickly. So within the first year, I surpassed my attorney salary. I was nominated as a finalist for the iDate 2014 Best Dating Coach Award. Now, if you guys don't know what iDate is, it's kind of like, I call it like the Oscars for the dating, for the dating industry. I didn't even know it existed then, right? But to be nominated as a finalist, and I came in pretty close in that year, that's a big deal. So people started asking me as I was going around and speaking about dating, people started asking me, how did you do it? How did you build your business? And so I started mentoring mainly women on how to grow their business. And by the end of my first year as an entrepreneur, I fully transitioned into being a business strategist, a business coach, and helping others really build and grow their business, which is what I've been doing now for almost seven solid years. But when I look back, and this is why I love what TM was talking about, when I look back at what allowed me to do that, right, because it wasn't just like happenstance, right? When I look back at what allowed me to do it and end up here where I am today and where I am today is in a very happy marriage with a man I love. We just celebrated seven years in April of being married. And no, he was not, he was not one of my 35 dates, but I met him through date number 34. And so date number 34 ended up introducing me to my husband. So he was not one, but it was because of the 35 dates project that I met my husband. Um, but I'm in a marriage that I love. I have a business that is thriving and lights me up. I live a life that I, I just bought a house, knock on wood, we're still in contingency period, but I bought a house in Savannah. I, my husband and I bought a house in Savannah and we're gonna be moving there, which I found out today when I looked at my vision boards, cause I, I'm the kind of person that creates a vision board and then I never hang it up. I never actually complete it and I never hang it up. I'm just terrible at them. But I, I started the past two years, 
the same kind of house that I just bought in the neighborhood where I want to live in Savannah, Georgia, like it has been on my vision board. So I'm living this life that I love and it was all from the 35 dates project. So I want to pull out what specifically, what the lesson was and what I did, especially in relation to eliminating part-time interest and putting attention towards what matters that allowed me to have this experience. So these are kind of the takeaways and lessons, right? Number one, the moment. And I mean the moment that I brainstormed this idea, even though I didn't realize it, right? The moment that I brainstormed the idea to go on 35 dates in 35 days, what I really did in that moment was I stopped saying, why is this happening to me? I had been asking that without realizing it. Why is this happening to me? Why does this keep happening to me? Why does this relation, why do my relationships keep ending? Why is that happening to me? Why is it that I keep getting passed over for promotions? Why is it that I, whatever, why is it like it was all just happening to me? But when I brainstormed the 35 dates project, I stopped asking that. And I just started asking, why is this happening? Meaning I had to include myself as a possible reason that these things were happening. As long as I was saying, why is this happening to me? I wasn't part of the problem, right? If it was happening to me, I'm just a victim. I'm a victim of time. I'm a victim of money. I'm a victim of other people. I'm a victim of the culture. I'm a victim of this. I'm a victim of that, right? But the minute that I said, why is this happening? And allowed myself to be part of the problem. That was the minute I truly became empowered because now I could be part of the solution. If I wasn't part of the problem, I can't be part of the solution, right? If things are just happening to me and I have no control over it, then I'm just screwed. I'm just going to be part of like in this situation forever. Instead, I had to stop and allow myself to be part of the problem because that's what allowed me to consider myself as part of the solution, right? Now, instead of there's nothing I can do to change this, I realized that my situations were a result of every choice that I had made or not made up until that point, things I did or didn't do, ways that I reacted or didn't react, and I was allowed then to change it, to have a part in changing it. So that was the first thing, right, was I am part of the problem, therefore I can be part of the solution. So now it's no longer why is this happening to me, but why is it happening? So anywhere in your life that you're not getting the results you want, change your phrasing and make sure that you're phrasing it like that. Now, number two, right, when I did that, that meant that I had to learn about me. I had to really sit with myself. It, I don't like sitting with myself that much, right? Like I had to take myself out a lot with no distractions. So here's the thing most people hate doing. They hate truly sitting with themselves, which is why they get distracted. They'll start listening to things. They'll start reading books. They'll start scrolling their phone because the minute thoughts start popping up in our head, we don't like that. We don't like being with ourselves in silence. And I was one of the same people, right? Like it was very uncomfortable to really be with myself. I had to be distracted. I would go out and eat at a coffee house and look at other people. And, you know, it's very awkward, <laughs> very weird, but very necessary to really be with yourself. So I had to do that so that I could learn all about me, basically like, a self inventory, but that's what I was doing through my 35 dates too. the blog that I came home and wrote after each date. It wasn't about the date. It wasn't like the guy didn't pull out the chair for me and he didn't pay for me, right? It was none of that. If you go to the blog, you'll see it was lessons that I learned about myself 
as a result of that date. So it was kind of like a guy took me to trapeze school and I had to face my fear of heights. I'm terrified of heights. And I had to like do it th- my first date. I learned I was a control freak and I had to learn how to let go of control and trust that things would work out, right? So those were the kind of lessons that I was taking away and writing about from my blog. But that was my moment of having to learn. So I was examining my reactions. I was examining my habits from a neutral place an unbiased place and asking how this could be contributing to everything that had already arisen for me or not happened for me in my life. So I did that like under a microscope with 35 dates in the blog, but I did it because I could see how it was impacting. Now, the individual lessons that I learned from the dates, that's something I'm going to share another day, another time, a couple of other rooms, because each lesson was its own book. Each lesson was its own blog. Each lesson is its own month, right? So I will share those later. But here's the big takeaway from it collectively. Collectively, these lessons gave me what I needed to go all in, to go all in on myself, on me and what I wanted in my life. It allowed me to eliminate part-time interest in things and really focus and magnify that full-time interest. What did I want to put myself towards? And like I said, for me, it was about not what was happening to me or around me or what I was achieving. What I realized was I wanted to eliminate the interest on all of that. I wanted to focus instead on how I was showing up in the world, right? So this collectively, these lessons had given me what I needed to go all in on myself. Fanzo this morning was talking about betting on yourself. And I run a group called The All In Entrepreneur. It's on Facebook. I started a club here on Clubhouse. You can find it, All In Entrepreneurs, The All In Entrepreneur. And our tagline is bet on yourself to win. Bet on yourself to win. And I realized I never had before I had never bet on myself to win. I didn't think I could win necessarily. And I'll give you, it'll be an interesting uh, dynamic that I tell you about in a minute where on one hand, I thought I was winning and I couldn't fail. But the reality is I wasn't being truthful with myself. I wasn't really able to bet on myself to win. I needed all of this other stuff to show me evidence that I was going to win. I couldn't trust me to make it happen. I'm gonna tie that up with a bow in a minute, but that's what I wanted to say. But when I talk about going all in, it reminds me of poker. And in one of the the monthly events that my singles group did, we did an event every month called Burn and Turn. We played Texas Hold'em called Burn and Turn. If you're familiar with poker, you'll know why we called it the Burn and Turn, Um, but we did that every month. And so this analogy is that's how I met the guy who I dated for five years who left me in the parking lot that started this whole thing. So poker is like an analogy that works well for me for this. But going all in reminds me of gambling. It reminds me of poker. And there was one time that I was talking to somebody and I said, you know, poker isn't 100% pure probability. Like, yes, probability has a lot to do with it. But you can lose with what you think is a winning hand. You can absolutely lose. With, you can have pocket aces. And you can lose with pocket aces. I have before, right? And that's life. Like, even when you think you have the winning hand, things may not go that way. And that's also what I realized had happened, right? Was that I had so much certainty that I had pocket aces, that I had the winning hand. I had an attorney job that paid me 
working well, a career trajectory that was working. I was comfortable. I was secure. They were going to keep me, remember? I wasn't getting downsized. They were going to keep me. I had security. I had a quote-unquote winning hand. My relationships, including with a guy I was with for five years, these five long-term relationships, right? They were my quote-unquote pocket aces. They were my winning hand. Somebody cared about me. They wanted to, to date me. We were in an exclusive relationship. But here's the thing about being so certain, being so certain that based on external evidence, you have a winning hand, right? The reason I thought I had a winning hand was because I was getting paid a certain amount of money by an employer. I thought I had a winning hand because I had people saying, I love you. I want to date you, right? I didn't feel like I had a winning hand because I was just showing up in the world the way that I wanted to show up, right? It had to be external evidence that I had a winning hand. The way that looking at pocket aces would tell you you have a winning hand. But the thing about those pocket aces is that's just false security. That's a false sense of security. And what happens is when you have a false sense of security, you get lazy because you feel like, well, I can't lose. But then when something doesn't go according to plan, you feel defeated and you feel shocked, which is what was happening to me, right? Every time, including in the parking lot, crying in the middle of the night as this guy drove away in our car, right? It was like shocked, but it wasn't shocked. I had had a false sense of security because I was looking externally for all of the validation that I was winning. My focus was on that. My focus was not on me. And that's why 35 Dates allowed me to go all in on myself. It wasn't until I quit my job and I said, I'm, I'm not telling you, Rita's not making you quit your job, okay? Like I promise, we can talk about that. You don't have to quit your job to go all in. If you wanna know how, DM me, we'll talk about it. But for me, it wasn't until I left my job that I got rid of that winning hand, those fake pocket aces for my career. It wasn't until I was out of that relationship that I stopped looking externally and through the 35 dates project, I started looking internally. And what I learned through each lesson as I looked at myself under that magnifying glass allowed me to bet on myself. I was no longer betting on other people. I was no longer betting on other opportunities. I was no longer you know, betting on status. I was betting on myself. I was betting on myself to win. So if you were gonna recap this, right, it would be number one, Stop asking why is something happening to you and start asking why something is happening so that you can be part of the solution because you've allowed yourself to consider yourself as part of the problem. And after you've done that, number two, learn about yourself. Learn about your from a neutral place, a non-judgmental, non-biased, neutral place. Learn about your reactions. Learn about your habits. Unfiltered honesty with how you are showing up in the world. And once you've done that, then put it all on the line. And we can talk about how that looks to you, but you have to go all in, not delusionally. You're not just gonna be like, Rita said to quit my job. Rita said go all in. Rita said break up in my marriage. Rita, no, Rita said none of that, okay? This, uh, this is the only time I, I speak in third person. Rita said none of that to you, right? But it's the reason it's not delusional is because you have uncovered enough through your assessment and through considering yourself and sitting with yourself and learning about yourself the way we just talked about, you've learned and, and uncovered enough to know that you can trust yourself, 
you can bet on yourself to win because you trust yourself to do anything or you all will and you trust yourself to navigate whatever happens as a result of doing the thing. So once you do that, you can trust yourself to take any action, but more importantly, you can trust yourself to navigate the outcome, no matter what that outcome is from taking the action, which is what holds most people back. So if you focus on who you are and you're all in on how you are showing up in the world and who you are being, then you will learn where to put that attention and you will trust yourself to do it not only to do it, but you also know, and no matter what happens, no matter what the results are, I will work it out. I will be able to navigate it and navigate it successfully. So that is kind of my take on what 35 dates and 35 days did for me to allow me to be where I am in my life, in my marriage, in my career, how it really allowed me to focus on me in a very expedited, huge way and go all in. And more importantly, it gave me all of the tools and resources I needed to trust myself. So I can bet on myself to win time and time again. And if you do these same things, you can bet on yourself and we're gonna bet on you as well. So that's what I wanted to talk about today. And I mean, that's what Breakfast of Champions is all about. So if you guys have anything that you'd like to say or any comments or anything, feel free to unmute. I would love to hear from you. Um, otherwise I know we're gonna get ready for David Hill soon, but I would love to hear what you're going in on and how you're going all in. And if you trust yourself or if any of this resonated. So. Does anybody want to say anything? Rita? Yes. Hi, it's Nisha. Uh, I would love to jump in and just say, I mean, you you are amazing. And I know I tell you that all the time, but this was so good. There's so much that I feel like, you know, I, I've heard you speak before, but I'm still learning so much about you. And uh, I will say to the guy who just left you in your car, I mean, what? That is the craziest thing in the world, but it's his loss. And um, had he not done that, you may have never met uh, the, the amazing Chuck. And um, <laughs> you two will not have gotten together. And I think that that was definitely destined and meant to be. So everything happens for a reason. I do want to say I had the opportunity to spend a day with Rita this past weekend on Saturday. And I, I keep talking about it. Um, genuinely, because it was just one of the best days I've had in a long time. And she really um, helped me. I am a client of hers. And she helped me to really go all in on my business because things are happening really, really fast for me. And I needed some structure and organization. And she is masterful, masterful at it. And I, I can't even tell you all the things that I learned. I was talking to my husband about it. And I'm like, do you know, I went to grad school for you know, a few years to get this information that she just rolled out so beautifully in six hours for me. And I, 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 I like want my money back. And I love education, but I feel like what Rita imparts is something that you, you can't get from school. It's life experiences. It's, um, you know, her own expertise based upon things that she's um, learned. And I, I just feel so much better as a result of it. So if you do need somebody to kind of get you together from a business coaching perspective, um, I would I would highly recommend Rita. She just is just the bomb.com. So I wanted to say that, Rita, I just appreciate you. And I, I miss you from our day. I literally, I told Aww. my kids, he's like, you need to stop talking about Rita. And I was like, I'm sorry, but it was, it was the best. 
It was a great day. I miss you too. I miss you too. And thank you so much. And yes, if anybody is interested in how this works, especially for your business, how you go all in on your business, what it means, how you get like, just DM me. I have a couple of ways that I'm working with people right now. Nisha got to take advantage of my new VIP day. I am launching them at a special rate. Um, So yes, since she brought it up, if anybody's interested, just DM me and we can talk about it. But thank you so much, Nisha. Nisha, And I love how you're going all in on yourself, right? And you're really betting on yourself to win. I think that's so incredible. Anybody else have anything else to say while we're here in Breakfast of Champions? You know, we now do programming until what time is it? 5 p.m. every Monday to Friday. I mean, it's an incredible amount of programming, guys. We also have a podcast, the Breakfast of Champions podcast. So if you missed any nuggets or takeaways, you can find us all or any of the speakers you've missed on the podcast as well. And if there's nothing else, I'm going to hand the mic over to David Hill. Rita, I'll go if you have time. Oh, yeah. Sure. Go ahead. It's Christina. Um, so one thing that I wanted to um, just point out, or not point out, just um, let you know about, um, is that I'll, I'll, my apostle at church on uh, on Sunday, what he mentioned, because I know you mentioned about focusing on you, focusing, uh, you focused on you, fixing you. And so one thing that he said was, we can't help others until we fix ourselves, right? And so he spoke about winning, having a winner's attitude. And so uh, what he said was trained to win, not to participate, trained to win, not to participate. And so when we train to win, um, he said exactly what you said. We go all in on it and we do what we have to do to win. So train to win, not just participate. Participating means you're just, means you're just doing a little bit just to get by. Um, you're not winning at all. So train to win, not participate. So just wanted to share that. Ah, so good. I love that. It kind of ties into my idea of you work it until it works. The reason it works is because you just keep working it until it works because you're training to win, not just participate, right? You want to make it happen. And and I think that that's so important. So thank you for sharing that, Christina. I love it. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.